Welcome back to our Looking Unto Jesus series. And today I'm going to be reading from one of my all-time favorites, Isaac Ambrose. As a matter of fact, Looking Unto Jesus is one of the books uh, that he wrote that has so impacted my life and the life of so many people in, in the last several decades, as a matter of fact. He's a 17th century author, and um, the whole book is just devoted to looking unto the excellencies, the beauties of our Lord. And he writes, I'm going to read two, actually two different quotes from him. The first one is in his introduction, and the, the second one is on, on page 75. The first says, this is the passion of his heart. This is the reason why he's, he's writing this book. He says, oh, that men, especially into whose hands this book shall come, would presently fall upon the practice of this gospel art of looking unto Jesus. If therein they find nothing of heaven, my skill will fail me. Only let them pray that as they look to him, so virtue may go out of him and fill their souls. Now, let's take a look at this. First of all, we see the passion of Isaac Ambrose's heart. He says, Oh, that men especially into whose hands this book shall come, would presently fall upon the practice of this gospel art of looking unto Jesus. Why is he writing this book? He's writing this book so that men will look to Christ, see more of Christ, and in that be drawn to Christ. Now let me ask you a question. Is that your motivation in ministry? Is that your motivation if you're a writer? Is that your motivation, especially, most especially, if, if you are a preacher? Are you doing what you do with one great controlling passion that the people who read what you write or the people who hear you preach will look unto Christ, will see more of Christ and be drawn to him? Now, we go on. He says this. He, he mentions... Um, Oh, that all men would presently fall upon the practice of this gospel art of looking unto Jesus. Now, he says the gospel art of looking unto Jesus. You know, um, no one is born a mature artist. No one is born with the ability to, to just simply appreciate art. That's why many times in, in high school and college we have art appreciation classes. And, and you study so that your, um, your tastes will become refined. That you'll stop looking at, at that which is common or that which is vulgar. And you will begin to concentrate upon that which is truly beautiful. And for you young um, Bible students, this is so very important. You may read through the scriptures and it's, it's, it's a bit of a difficulty for you. And um, of course, your flesh will be fighting against you. But what you need to understand is that as you read the scriptures and as you see more and more of Christ, not only will you be cultivating the mind of Christ, but your tastes will begin to change. As we read through the Bible over and over again, and as the beauties and excellencies of Christ become more and more revealed, what's going to happen is your tastes are going to change. And the lowly things of this world 
are no longer going to satisfy you. And you're just going to want more and more of Christ. It's a strange thing because in one, in one way, the more you find of Christ, the more you will be content. And then in another way, the more you find of Christ, the more your contentment is um, put aside and you're filled with a passion to desire more. Now he goes on, he says, if herein they find nothing of heaven, if in my book, he says, they find nothing of heaven, my skill will fail me. And what he's saying is, look, I'm using all my mind, all my writing skill, all my comprehension with one great purpose, that you may see Jesus. And if you see something else in this book, if you admire the author, then everything I've done has failed. What an attitude that we should all have when we're writing, when we're preaching, when we're witnessing, when we're living, that all our heart, soul, mind, and strength should be directed to one cause. Not that they see us, they see our eloquence or our intelligence or even our piety. All our skill, all our strength should go toward this one purpose, like Isaac Ambrose, that the people might see more of Christ. And I'm always hearing people say, that, say this, and it, it's biblical. They say, I want people to see more of Christ in me. And, 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 and that's a good thing. But it's not the priority. Because I'm always going to be an imperfect revelation of Christ. I want people to see more of Christ in his word. And minister, ministers of Christ, this is why we study. This is why we labor alone in our studies, in prayer. This is why we scour the scriptures. So that people might hear us. And that Christ might be revealed through his word. And he says, only let them pray that as they look to him, so virtue may go out of him and fill their souls. This is such an extraordinary truth that we need to camp here for a moment. You know, people are always asking me, you know, one of the great laments of God's people, of my own heart, is that I don't love Christ as I ought. And so the question is, how can I make myself love Christ more? You see, and... Um, Many times I find that believers are like the man laying on his back, grabbing hold of his belt with two hands and trying to pick himself up. It doesn't work. I can't make myself love Christ more, nor do I need to go to some uh, camp meeting or excited revival to get twisted up like a clock only to quickly run down again. How can... I increase my love for Christ. How can I increase my devotion? How can I even increase my desire to seek him? Well, there's only one way. Isaac Ambrose says it here. So that virtue may go out of him and fill their souls. You see, I love my wife more now than I did when we were first married. Why? Because I've seen more of her virtue, more of her excellencies. And that virtue and that excellency draws out my affections and drives me. It's the same way. If, if your heart is unregenerate, then the more you see Christ, the more you'll rebel against him. But if you're truly Christian, if, if you've truly been regenerated by the Holy Spirit, if he's taking 
taken out your heart of stone and replaced it with a heart of living flesh that's responsive to God and loves righteousness, then what's going to happen is the more you see of Christ, the more you're going to want to see of Christ. You know, I see so many people, they'll like label the things of the world and then try to turn their faces away from it by their own willpower. That's not the way it works. What you need is to see more and more of Christ so that the things of the world become more dark, more gray, more unpleasant. We need a greater vision of Christ. Not some spectacular prophecy from a person, not not a, a dream among dreams. But we need to seek Christ in the very place where he intends for us to seek him. And that is in his word. And in his word, the more I see him, especially as he is revealed in his cross work. The more I see of him. The more his virtue, his beauty will draw out my affections and compel me to serve him, to seek him. Well, this is a a wonderful, a wonderful word from from Isaac Ambrose, and it's in the book, Looking Unto Jesus. And I thought I was going to get to the second quote, but I think I'm running out of time. So we'll leave it here and do the second quote next. But what you need to see here is key. And it's 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 a central truth that I find in all the so-called great or prominent Christians of the last 2000 years. Remember, these people who have done extraordinary things in the name of Christ, they were born of the same stock as us. They were born from Adam. They had a, a wickedly depraved heart. And even when they were converted, they had to struggle with the same flesh. Then how did they become so so prominent, so devoted, so driven. It's simple. They simply saw more of the beauty of Christ than we see. And that beauty, that love, remember what the Apostle Paul said, it compelled them. It compelled them. Well, I hope this has been helpful to you. Read the word, read the word. There's nothing that takes the place of Scripture. But we can see here today that this is also why some of us read very old books. God bless you.